Hey y'all, before we begin, I want to make sure you know about my live parent workshops. One Friday a month, I host a live virtual parent workshop on topics related to raising neurodivergent kids and teens. We cover topics like how to talk to your child about their diagnosis, how to support negative self-talk, and navigating school for your child. You can register for workshops one at a time, or you can become an all-access subscriber on Substack for instant access to all the workshops and replays. To browse the workshop library and subscribe, go to learnwithdremily.substack.com and click Parent Workshops. Hey y'all, before we begin, if you're a school administrator who loves watching your teachers and students thrive, but you feel your staff needs more training to meet the needs of such a diverse group of learners, I am here for you. I am now offering professional development for pre-K through 8th grade educators, both in-person and virtually. For more information about pricing and scheduling, go to learnwithdremily.com schools to get started. Welcome to Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast where parents and teachers come together for neurodivergent youth. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, child psychologist and former school psychologist, and I am on a mission to help everyone understand that nurturing neurodivergent children isn't about changing them, but about changing us. Each week, I share my thoughts on topics related to child development, mental health, parenting, education, and parent-teacher collaboration. You can read more on my Substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com or listen here. So let's get started with today's topic. Hey y'all, it is back to school time. Here in North Carolina, we do not go to school for two more weeks, but I know as I have friends and colleagues in other places in the United States and all over the world that many kids are already back in school. So one of the most important topics I love talking about is so relevant right now is the parent-teacher partnership. As you all know, I kind of get on my soapbox about all of us trying to come together to help our neurodivergent kids, to help all of our kids, but we have more conflict, more ideas, more brainstorming that needs to happen when we are trying to teach and parent a child who is not always aligning with the expectations that are right in front of us. They are on their own path. They're on their own time frame. And we have to be the ones that adapt to that. So I'm extremely passionate about helping parents adapt to that, helping teachers better understand that. And there's no other topic that comes together like this one. So in this week's blog and podcast, I'm going to be walking you through how a trusting parent-teacher partnership helps your child. So yes, it's going to be better to obviously want to get along with your teacher or to really trust your teacher. And I talk about this in another blog and podcast when I talk about having a teacher or therapist or coach that gets your child. This is what I'm talking about. So we have to come together and align ourselves on one side and the problem is the other side versus school versus parent and looking at each other and you know, thinking about each, you know, what each other knows and what each other doesn't know, we really need to get ahead of this and start thinking about how can we collaborate and work together because it will help our children. One of the many reasons back to school season is my favorite is that 
I get to provide professional development training to teachers as they return to school. The fresh optimism of the new school year is always palpable when I'm in these rooms with educators. I know, teachers, that you are sitting in these trainings and you are so ready to get into your classroom. You're being pulled away from nesting in your classrooms when you're sitting in these trainings. So it's really important to me that I value your time and give you highly effective information that you can use as soon as you meet your student. So that's my why. That's where my passion comes from. I also recognize that teachers, every teacher has said yes to this role, especially after the last several years. You've questioned your role in education. You've questioned your profession and you have said yes and you're showing up for our kids. And I want to thank you for that. So teachers, you want to be here and you want the best for our children. I know this, but there are stressors that end up making this job unsustainable for some of your colleagues. All that data collection, all those meetings, all those test standards on top of the actual teaching can be overwhelming. I've been a school psychologist. I know this. I know that it's so hard to go through all of those things you have to do in addition to the things you want to do or or know that you need to do for children. Yet when I consult with teachers, they often report their highest level of stress doesn't come from data testing or the students, but it comes from the parents. And I know this makes us really vulnerable as parents, but I'm just going to go there and we're going to talk about it today. So the flip side of this is yes, as a school psychologist, I also hear stories from parents about how teachers or administrators need more information or support when trying to connect with and educate our neurodivergent students. And I talk about those things on many different blog posts and podcast episodes. But today, I'm going to address how parents can show up for teachers so that they can best help our kids. So let's first talk about the importance of communication. Many concerns from parents stem from lack of communication. I encourage parents every day to embrace the mindset of no news is good news because teachers have a lot of responsibilities outside of classroom time. And unless there's a significant concern to share, no news really is good news. And a teacher who has time to share positive anecdotes with you is often a sign that they not only understand the value of that win for your kid, but they are also likely supported enough by their school administration to have time to tell you about it. While communication is paramount in helping parents and educators work together to support a child, the most important factor in establishing and maintaining these relationships is trust. Without trust, simple everyday interactions can go one of two ways. If parents don't hear from a teacher they trust, they may think, no news is good news. She will let me know if there is a concern. In other words, you trust her judgment to be there. Let me say that again. In other words, you trust that teacher's judgment to be your kid's person throughout the school day. If you don't hear from that teacher, it's okay. You feel like no news is good news. But if you don't hear from a teacher that you don't trust, you may think, I am so frustrated that he's not communicating with me. How will I know how things are going at school? 
I've worked hard over the years establishing trusting relationships with my own children's teachers, which has led to partnerships beyond what I could have ever imagined. I've also asked several public educators that I trust to share their perspectives for today's podcast, and I will be sharing those soon. So perhaps something here can help you foster a partnership with your child's teacher or speak to you as an educator about building stronger connections with parents. Okay, so here is my perspective as a parent. I have never been a teacher. I'll be the first to tell you I've been a school psychologist in public schools. I have never been a teacher. I do not know what it feels like to make connections with 20 to 30 children at once, plan a lesson that is only appropriate for a few, but must be differentiated for others, and meet the expectations of the principal, the school district, and multiple individual education plans and 504 plans all at the same time. That whole sentence just made me exhausted. It's the hardest and most important job out there because nurturing young learners is the foundation for the future of our communities. There's no more important work, in my opinion. I have worked in public schools, though, as a school psychologist, as I said, And I've been in countless classrooms observing students and their interactions with their teachers. Call me your fly on the wall. But when my own kids started school and I couldn't be the fly on the wall in their classrooms, I had to learn how to build relationships from the outside in. One of my first interactions with my son's preschool teacher was when they shared that they had developmental concerns for my son. Again, A parent's reaction here goes one of two ways. If you trust this teacher, you believe them and you work together figuring out how to best support your child. However, if you don't trust this teacher and you're feeling vulnerable about the information they're telling you because you're worried about your kid, you might question them, rationalize what they might be seeing as wrong, and your child might not get the support they need, at least not as fast as they would in that first scenario. Now, many years later as a parent, I believe my partnership with my kids' teachers has been a key factor in their school success. I want parents and teachers to know that this trusting relationship is possible. And when I say success, I don't necessarily mean academic success. I mean that my kids like school. That is my definition of success. Not necessarily if their grades are great, because there are things that are hard about school still for my kids. Okay, so here's how I would suggest building and maintaining that trusting relationship. So parents, you've heard it before, and it can sound cliche, but it absolutely works. Get involved. In order for parents to trust teachers and school staff, We must first know them as individuals. If your only interaction with teachers is when something is wrong, this will not build a trusting partnership. So how can you show up? You could give your time, money, donated supplies, but show up in the way that you can to support the job teachers are doing for all students. I'm of the mindset that for every parent who volunteers, there are five or so more parents that can't volunteer due to working multiple jobs or having young children at home. So be present, not only for your child, but for their classmates as well. Be a classroom helper, be a field trip chaperone, organize books in the library, and join the PTA. Some of my strongest relationships with teachers and administrators were built through interactions I've had during PTA meetings and events. 
When you present yourself as helpful and collaborative in one school setting, teachers understand that you will be helpful and collaborative in conferences and IEP meetings and 504 meetings. They will be appreciative of your time, and this builds trust. You will also get to see teachers in action with your child and with colleagues and with other children, and that will build your trust in them. I want to say hi to all the teachers out there learning with me. Thank you so much for being an educator. I see you and appreciate you and how you keep showing up for our students every single day. In my work as a school psychologist, I know that it helps to have a way to stay organized when thinking about your students' needs. That's why I created two free resources for you. The Regulation Roster helps you notice how your students seek emotional regulation and keep track of it. And the Reframing Behavior Worksheet helps you problem solve emotional dysregulation when it happens. For these free downloads, go to learnwithdremily.com slash roster or learnwithdremily.com slash reframing behavior to get started. I want to welcome any parents who are new to this journey. If your child has just been identified as autistic or diagnosed with ADHD, learning differences, or is twice exceptional, welcome. You are in the right place. You may also be overwhelmed by all the calls and emails you're having to make to providers as you're building your child's team. That's why I created the Referral Tracker, which is a free download at learnwithdremily.com slash tracker. This free resource explains what each provider does and gives you a template to keep track of all your research. Just go to learnwithdremily.com slash tracker to get started. Okay, so teachers and parents, like I said, communication is paramount, but we have to have boundaries. So hear me out on this one. Don't let the only time for communication be in the carpool line. No one can build a trusting relationship there. Establish the best way to contact each other and stick to it. Try not to communicate when you're anxious or angry. Use the tried and true method of write it but don't send it when you're writing an email that you might be upset about something. Sleep on it and have your partner or colleague look it over. Parents, if you wouldn't say it to a coworker, don't say it to a teacher. It's a collaborative partnership and the project is your child. So don't let your emotions hijack the project. I had a special education teacher once say, when a parent comes across as accusatory when you express a concern or share data, it makes me more hesitant to reach out. So parents, I know you feel you want to protect your child when you don't think they're getting what they need, but have you ever wanted to collaborate with someone who's angry with you? If teachers are walking on eggshells around you due to a previous interaction, they may not share as much information with you as you would get within a trusting relationship. When teachers can predict that you'll be collaborative, they will look forward to sharing information with you, which will equate to solving problems faster and more effectively for your child. One day soon, students will advocate for themselves, but we are their role model, and this is really important. They are watching how we interact with each other, so how we build relationships matters. If working collaboratively with teachers is difficult for you, Due to your own past school experiences, just seek support for yourself so that you can show up for your child. 
Teachers, just know that some parents are triggered by interactions with educators because they're reminded of their own negative school experiences. So help parents refocus to collaboratively problem-solving this task. What does your child need? They need for us to be open and available to communicate with each other. They also need us to advocate for them if something isn't in their best interest. Another special educator one time told me, Parents are parenting to the extent they know how to. When everyone knows more, we all do better and are more effective. Parents, keep sending your child to school on time and support academic and behavioral growth. Let's grow as a community to be more effective. So remember, teachers want more information. This is a big one. So in my work with neurodivergent children, parents are often scared that their child will be wrongly labeled or judged based on a previous evaluation report or an opinion of a previous teacher. But in my experience, more information is best. And without it, teachers may not understand your child as well as they could. So one special education teacher put it like this. It truly takes a team. And when parents and teachers are on the same page and work together, that creates so much more success. I would say it's helpful when parents share information in the beginning of the year about their child. Parents know their kids best. And when I can come in with some awareness around what a student likes, what their strengths are, and what some of the challenges are, it can help me get off to a good start. One time I asked an assistant principal about this topic, and she said, I believe parents first trust us by just sending their students to us believing that we will do all we can to help students grow throughout the year. It's always helpful for parents to share information that they feel might impact their child while learning at school. That ranges from expecting a new baby, a relative moving in, a change in job, change in family dynamics, inconsistent bedtime routines, etc. So think about as you're heading into the school year, With sending an email to teachers, getting to know your child. You're the expert. Tell them some quick things about what works for your kid, what doesn't work for your kid, what to look for, what dysregulates them, and put them in a position to support your child when they may need support the most when they're learning because learning is a vulnerable experience. And teachers are your partner in this journey. Okay, so educators, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that I often see that the administration is also setting the tone for a lot of this communication. So at the end of the day, in my opinion, the cornerstone of a trusting relationship between parents and teachers is modeled first by principals and assistant principals. The principal sets the tone for the school and is a model for teachers. And like any job, when staff feel supported, they want to give their best. Schools earn reputations for having great teachers and for being a great place to work, just like any other company. High test scores and nice facilities are important to many people, but I truly believe that good schools are created by excellent educators. It's the people and the relationships that make the difference. One assistant principal told me one time, I work really hard to establish trusting relationships. In my role, those relationships only get stronger from year to year. 
I think the parent-teacher trust is more difficult to build because of the yearly changes. Some turnover is good, and I wish that that was reflected. We always encourage our staff to pursue positions that speak to them or will help them continue to grow. And I think this is an important thing to think about. We get really attached to our teachers, especially our teachers that become like family to us. And it can be hard to remember that this is their career. They may want to move on and, you know, have an administrative position one day or go back to school and become a counselor. And that change can be hard for all of us. But I think that one of the things that makes parent-teacher relationships harder is that they do turn over from year to year. And so we have to remember that and remember that going into the school year that we're going to partner with each other for this school year to make it the best that we can. So when teachers work in an environment where they're encouraged to grow and trust each other, collaboration is fostered not only among the teachers, but with parents and students as well. Okay, parents, so what if trust is broken? I get this question a lot. So what if you don't trust a teacher? So first, ask yourself why. Have you had a negative interaction? Is their temperament just not a good fit for your child? Once you have enough interactions to be sure whether or not you trust your teacher's skills and judgment around your child's dysregulation and ability to co-regulate and get back to learning, what if you don't trust them? So most concerns can be solved by holding a parent-teacher conference and helping teachers better understand what your child needs. However, if you're feeling like you're not being heard, it's time to talk to the school administrator. Perhaps the teacher needs support from the principal to explain why the school can't provide what you're asking for, or perhaps the teacher needs more training, or maybe there's a pattern in the classroom that you think that the principal should actually know about. So many parents I work with say, I don't want to go over the teacher's head or I'm scared to talk to the principal because many people have had a negative interaction with the principal in the past, if you really think about it. In my experience, talking with the teacher is always good to do first because there's so many things that can be solved within the classroom. But if you think a teacher needs more support, And or you feel like there's a situation that you want to make sure the principal is just aware of it, it's important just to share those concerns. If you have a concern about a teacher, the principal wants to know that. They will never be able to tell us all the things at play in the situation because of confidentiality. But even if they can't tell you every detail, you will probably feel better knowing that you've at least shared your observations with them. So be a collaborative partner who's open to hearing and giving feedback so problems can be solved and progress can be made. And remember that all concerns are relative. So a concern for you may not be a concern for another family. And principals are in the business of triaging concerns. So we have to be patient. Like any collaborative relationship, there will be problems to solve. And at times there will be conflict. We can weather the conflict and build a path to success if the foundation is built on a trusting partnership. So I hope that these ideas have been helpful today for you to start thinking about meeting your child's teacher, telling your child's teacher about them, and leading into a really hopefully smooth beginning of the year where you at least have the foundation so that when problems do arise, 
you feel like you have a collaborative container to solve those problems together. So just a reminder, I'm going to start doing some Q&A podcasts where you ask questions and I just answer them and record myself answering them. So you can go to my Substack um, where on Fridays you can ask questions on the thread, the Q&A thread, and I will pull some of those for the Q&A podcast. Um, once a month, those questions, um, that Q&A thread will be for all subscribers, but every Friday it is available for paid subscribers. So thank you so much for supporting my Substack. It allows me to continue sharing my ideas and I hope to see you on Substack or right here next week. This has been Learn with Dr. Emily at the podcast. For more resources, including both parent, teacher, and school resources, visit learnwithdremily.com or read my substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com. Also, we are publishing this podcast weekly, so make sure you're subscribed by pressing the plus, follow, or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. This podcast is edited by EarFluence. All information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have immediate concerns about your child, please reach out to a mental health or medical professional. I'm Dr. Emily King, and we will keep learning together next week.